Today's episode comes to you in partnership with Rotacloud, the people management platform for shift-based teams. Rotacloud lets managers create and share rotas, record attendance and manage annual leave, all from a single web-based app. It also makes work simple for your team, allowing them to check their rotas, request holiday and even pick up extra shifts straight from their phones. Try Rotacloud's time-saving tools today by heading to rotacloud.com forward slash fill. Welcome to Hospitality Meets with me, Phil Street, where each week we take a light-hearted look into the stories and individuals that make up the wonderful world of hospitality. Today's guest is Andrew Harrison, General Manager of the rather stunning Four Seasons Hotel in Hampshire. Coming up on today's show... Andrew reels off some of his favourite things. Traffic jams, the weather, then you have power failures, you have politics. Phil can't get his words out. Well, that, that, you know, it, it's... And Andrew recounts one particular out-of-depth moment. So I, I get in the car, three hours later, I get out, meet a, a guard with his Alsatian dog and a gun. All that and so much more as we chat through Andrew's wonderful career journey so far. If you're a fan of travel, then Andrew's journey has everything. He's taken his career all over the world and proudly brands himself as a nomadic hotelier. There's also some incredible stories in here, so a huge thank you to him for that. One final thing before we get into it, and I know I go on about this, but if you can take two seconds to subscribe to the show and leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts, it really makes a huge difference. Enjoy. And a huge hospitality meets welcome to Andrew Harrison. Good day to you. How are you? Very well, thank you. Good, good, good. Where do we find you today? Where are you recording from? It was sunny Hampshire. It may, may have started drizzling again, but uh, it's... Sunny Hampshire, let's say. Okay. Yeah. Are you at home in the office? I'm in the office and uh, at, uh, here at the Four Seasons Hotel in, in Hampshire. Fantastic. Well, that, I mean, that's, that's a nice segue, actually. Just to, um, for those who don't know who you are, just tell the world who you are and what you do. I'm, a, I'd say, a nomadic uh, hotelier who's uh, worked abroad a lot. Uh, after 31 years, I came back and uh, I've been here for almost five years. But I've been with Four Seasons Hotels and Resorts for the last twenty, almost twenty-eight years, and uh, yeah, I'm back back in back in uh, in, in my home country, which yeah. is quite an interesting uh, phenomenon. Yeah, <laughs> well, after that length of time, yeah, and you're at the Four Seasons Hampshire, yeah. which we will get on to talk about down the line. I'm very keen to understand what you're up to, really. I suppose mm-hmm. in, in terms of your business mix and all of that sort of stuff, but we'll get into that. Uh, more important thing is your journey. So how did you get into hospitality in the first place? I have to blame, I don't, I wouldn't blame my mother, but uh, my mother was an outside caterer. When my brother and I were sort of sufficient age to be able to look after ourselves, she she got back into catering and uh, she did uh, outside catering from, from home, which you probably couldn't do nowadays. And it's for weddings, for christenings for birthdays for funerals whatever she she used to do uh, outside catering and uh, i would help her and uh, we do weddings for 100 150 people the two of us she would do the, the more skillful element of the cooking and uh, i would do some of the menial tasks but then then when we it came to uh, setting up the actual uh, buffets and stuff and then serving wine waiting whatever i'd, I'd be helping her even even down to the dishwashing at the end of the uh, events right and so that that was the thing that hooked you in. Yeah, that sort of got me bit into into that. And then uh, while I was studying for my A levels, I was also working at the Old Swan Hotel in Harrogate, and uh, probably working sometimes more hours than the managers there. 
uh, but I was being paid by the hour, which is was a lovely thing. And then uh, when I got my uh, did my levels, got my results, I thought, uh, why not go into hospitality? And the uh, the guys from the hotel they they said, look, we have trainees come in from uh, Blackpool, and so I, I went all the way across to Blackpool, and uh, I think it's now a university, but uh, I was a Blackpool College of uh, Further and Higher Education in the file. So that was, uh, did an HND um, and uh, had a couple of stints of, it was called a sandwich course in those days. So I did six months uh, training at the Dorchester once. And then the following year, did six months in, in Switzerland, in I mean, Zermatt. That's not a bad start, is it, really? Not a bad one, no. 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 I, that's, that's what I thought. And uh, yeah, they, they, they've been sort of the a great basis for a springboard for me going on. And uh, I think the, the more students understand that uh, they should get real life experience and uh, in, in great places is, is better for them, better for their CVs and makes them a much more palatable uh, subject to be uh, thrown into the, into the hospitality business. Yeah. Well, and you kind of start at the start at the top as it were, I mean, because uh, you know, the Dorchester has got a fantastic name in the, uh, the luxury realm. Yeah, I was working with uh, Anton Mosiman at the time. Oh wow! Right. So uh, yeah, um, so someone said to me uh, it's a great saying, uh, which I'm I'm absolutely going to take forward. And I think working in a place like that so early on in your career must have started to teach you, if you hadn't already got some of this under your belt, um, attention to detail, which is a, a a massive thing in the the luxury segment. And the thing about when you learn attention to detail, you can't unlearn it. Yeah, for sure. It's it's easier probably to go and drop down into into four three star hotels, and there there is a difference for sure. Um, but I, I sort of stuck in in the uh, the high end uh, luxury market, and in a place like the Dorchester, it, it was it was a huge eye opener. Working in kitchens, working in the bars, purchasing, worked in lots of different departments there. And uh, yeah, it was a, a, a very. It was the time when the uh, the Middle East market had really sort of come to started to come into uh, travel and going to Europe and the, to London especially. Um, and yeah, the, the 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 restaurants in the hotel. We had the the terrace restaurant, I think, which was a had a Michelin star, two Michelin stars. Um, and you, you're right, attention detail was something that I just hadn't had that depth. Of before and uh, quite quite impressive in that hotel. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, grounding achieved. Did it was it at this point where you thought to yourself, yeah, I wanna I wanna pursue kind of the more luxury end of the the marketplace. Oh yes, definitely. That that, that was for sure the deal. And uh, so I, I, I when I graduated from college, uh, I became a management trainee at the Chester Grosvenor Hotel, which is was owned by the Duke of Westminster and uh, it's a, it was, at the time it was, a, I think, a four red star hotel, but a fabulous hotel out of London, um, but with sort of, again, the attention to detail, the, 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 the wine cellar, for example, was just stunning. The, the, the wines that we had in there, the Bordeaux, they used to work with uh, uh, Chateau Le Villebarton and uh, they had some incredible wines dating back to the 50s and uh, uh, and older and for me this was just uh, just a start especially in the in, in the wine world sort of seeing all of this the the amount of champagnes they had in their in their in the wine list as well 
Uh, and it was all down in a real cellar. This hotel dates back to the 1860s, I think. Uh, and it was just just a, a fabulous experience. Very much a, a pearl in uh, in the northwest of England. And um, so that that was uh, that was where where I went did my training. But prior to that training, I uh, I actually won something called a luncheon vouchers travel scholarship. Okay, somehow still in, in, in my in my I don't know if luncheon vouchers still exist. And and I won that right at the end of my uh, when I graduated, so I spent three months being paid one and a half thousand pounds to go and study the cuisine of Pakistan and India. Okay, wow. Uh, one of the deals with this it had to be something to do with the that would benefit the British hotel and catering industry. So uh, my logic was that uh, everyone likes curries in this country and uh, Indian food, Pakistani food. I said, well, we need we need one in a. Uh, in a luxury hotel, which they didn't have at the time. And so off I went, spent three months going around uh, uh, Pakistan, Nepal, India, Burma, and Thailand. That sounds terrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Going around lots of hotels, taking lots of photographs, and I had to do a 10,000-word report. And then I got, then I got my money. Right. Um, but it was, a, it was a fabulous trip, which was a real eye-opener for me. Uh, first time I'd been to Asia. I think this thing every day. I think of something that was sort of on that trip. It's quite, quite, quite amazing. And I was uh, looking at in, in in India at the time, which is a place I actually went to work several years later. Um, but I, for example, I was going from Agra to Bombay on a on a twenty seven hour train journey uh, in third class, God. and um, you know, Indira Gandhi was assassinated on that train trip. Wow. Been past the uh, you know the, the the PM's house a couple of days before getting to Bombay. It was curfew, and uh, so locked up. I actually went and uh, was allowed into the uh, into the Taj Hotel in Bombay, which was very nice of them. And because uh, it, it was it was a bit of a hectic scene, as I'm sure you can imagine. Yeah. So, uh, but I, I think the very fact that I did that trip really helped me understand more how people people from different parts of the world live how they what they why they do what they do and when we were young there was uh, it was very often the corner shop was held by uh, indian pakistani families and uh, there would be a lot of people working 24 hours a day and i know why they did that and now they're some of the most successful people in this country mm. Um, and they would send money back to their, their their families to help educate them and sort of give them that advantage that they didn't necessarily have in their, in their own country. Um, and so, you know, it was a, that sort of thing was, it, it, it brought you down to, to, to earth, some, so to speak, and made you appreciate what we take for granted it very much and uh, was not the case in these countries. Yeah, I think there's also a really important message in there, though, about graft, because yeah. you know there's no short shortcuts really to excellence and and whatever you classify as success. You're you're going to be very lucky to be an overnight success. The rest of us have to graft, and, yeah. Um, and that's I I think we should be talking more about. The, the need to do that rather than kind of trying to run away from it. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's notorious. People talk about the hospitality business. Oh, you're going to wait, work crazy hours. It's uh, you really want that and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, 
I, I look at it like if I was working 60, 70 hours as a trainee, I got sort of three years of experience instead of 18 months of experience. Yeah. And it, it really sort of benefited me because it helps that, that compression of, uh, uh, of information and experience because our business is on the, on the, on the floor getting to, you know, work in the various departments and just hard graft. And the more you do, the more you feel confident, the more you, you can progress. And it is, it is a tough business, but it's a, it's a, it's one that is very, very, uh, rewarding. I feel yeah. and very fulfilling. Absolutely. So this uh, trip was that uh, what gave you the kind of the 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 bug to go see the world a bit? Because um, I, I mentioned it at the top of the show. You have been, I was going to say you've been around a bit, but that's probably a bit harsh. Yeah. Was this when you started? To, well, yeah. I I think I'd like to go see a bit more of the world. Yeah, I saw, I started working in London, and uh, then I. I, I thought, yeah, it was it was great. I was working uh, opposite my uh, my current company's hotel um, in Park Lane, and uh, decided I wanted to go to to. Everyone was sort of fighting for the same jobs in, in London, uh, getting promoted and whatever. And I thought, well, you know, we've got the uh, European Union <laughs> was starting, uh, and. You know, it was it was it's getting well established, and I thought, well, languages. I I I, I done O level German and French. When I went to work in Zermatt, that helped my German a lot, or my Swiss German, uh, and French was was lacking. Uh, and so I said, I, I want to go and work and learn French. I was going to do a, a season in the in the Alps skiing, and, and working as well. Mm. And uh, uh, working, yeah, working. Then I was working with what we call Intercontinental Hotels, and. Uh, they had a hotel in Geneva, and uh, one thing led to another. I was over there and uh, just sort of asked if there's a possibility of working there and got a job. And uh, so I was transferred over there and uh, was there for three years. Well, that's not a bad season. No, it wasn't a bad season at all. And, you know, I, I, I loved the job. The French is, is, uh, was absolutely fine and uh, was promoted in a, in a country which we'd always thought was uh, tough to get go places as a foreigner because it's very Swiss is, is very sort of they, they, they keep things themselves and uh, and their hospitality was supposedly the uh, the pinnacle in in Switzerland so that was great and uh, so my spare time I, I do a lot of skiing I'd work weekends and ski during the week when no one was on the slopes and uh, travel around Europe while I was there as well so uh, that really helped but after you just highlighted a wonderful benefit of working in hospitality actually is that your downtime is when everybody else is on. So you got it. actually, yeah. you get free run of the place in a lot of yeah. places. Well, not free run, <laughs> but yeah, I hadn't uh, thought about that one. Yeah, and that, and that hotel was a, a, an amazing hotel. It's right next to the United Nations. I think in the three years, we had 50 heads of state there. There were two OPECs. Yasser Arafat, he would come for peace talks and, and, and so on and so forth. I mean, the exposure. Uh, I think I met Nelson Mandela there and... Uh, Dr. Henry Kissinger, George Schultz. I mean, they, they all came there, and it was uh, a real eye opener. Mm. Um, but after three years, I, I got. Uh, I thought, well, I, I probably need to move on. So I, I asked the guys in the head office. I said, I want to do something different. Any any ideas? And uh, they said, oh, uh, well, where do you want to go? I said, I don't, I don't mind. They said, leave it with us. And then um, that was October, beginning of January. I got a 
a message. We need to uh, have you in London on the second of on the second first of February. We, we're, we're reopening a hotel in Moscow, so I thought, okay. And it was the Metropole Hotel, the first uh, luxury international hotel um, coming into existence. Went out there second of February, nineteen ninety one. Landed. It was minus thirty nine degrees, snow blowing sideways. God. And, and that was uh, the start of a 16-month adventure, which right, yeah. sort of had halfway through it had uh, the putsch arrive when Gorbachev got uh, kidnapped and uh, all hell let loose in in Moscow. Uh, and that, that was a really interesting landmark period for, for Russia. So basically what you're saying is so far that uh, political episodes follow you around the world. There's a few more. <laughs> so anyway, I did that for 16 months and then um, got uh, trans or promoted and transferred to a property in Paris. Uh, again, working in, in Paris is, is very, very special. It's, it's one of the, the capitals of the world. It's obviously uh, Paris itself has probably got more tourists there than any other, any other city in the world. Uh, and it's spectacular. And working there was great, but it was tough. And uh, France is France, and I, I, uh, I'm married to a French lady, <laughs> right? Uh, who was actually working in the same hotel, which is another one of those things that happens in our business a lot. And uh, I always say to people in in our business, marry a hotelier; they understand what you're all about, and the long hours, and uh, the, the, the the resilience factor is is an important one. Yeah, so uh, that's not a, a conversation you have to sit down and explain yourself yeah. as to why you've got. Anyway. I understanding wife, and uh, well, that that was that was a a, a bonus of being there. Uh, and then I had a I had an opportunity to go to Asia, which was what I wanted to do. Uh, I went out to uh, to Indonesia to Jakarta, which was a fascinating experience, and this was with. Uh, a company called Shangri-La. They had a we had a six hundred and sixty eight bedroom hotel. We were opening thirty two stories high in a, a city that was population about seventeen million people. What uh, what level were you at at this point? I was I, I went there as a, a director of rooms. Right. So you, up until this point, you'd kind of you, your moves had I just was manager and in, in the rooms departments. Yeah. Yeah. Predominantly. So um, yeah, I was there for eighteen months, and uh, it was a very successful opening. But uh, you know, we had 1,200 employees working in the hotel, uh, about double that when we were building the thing. Right. So, wow. Uh, and it, it's 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 it was a real culture shock uh, going there, and uh, but great. I was so happy to be out in that that part of the world. And then then I uh, decided after 18 months that uh, I wanted to try something different, and I had this feeling that I could that there was plenty of opportunity out there. So. I resigned, and people said, "Well, you haven't got a job." I said, "No, no, I can, I can be tomorrow, and I can be somewhere anywhere in the world if I want." So I, I had various jobs on on the go, but one was with uh, Four Seasons, and uh, uh, I, I got in through the back door of a headhunter, which Four Seasons at the time we, we didn't uh, deal with headhunters. Mm. Um, but uh, I went for an interview in London at the at the Four Seasons, uh, which was the Inn on the Park then, and uh, but still a Four Seasons hotel. And the next day, I was on a on a flight going to Bali and meeting the team out there, and uh, that was in 1995. Right. Okay. And what what position was this for? 
I was uh, I was a director of rooms again, but after six months, they promoted me to number two. Right. Okay. So Bali was a, a stunning place to to be in, and in those days, it was uh, you know it was very different, I'd say, to to what it is nowadays. It still is charming. The people are great, and I I, I still have a a lot of colleagues who uh, you know I I know from from their, those days who are and now they've been promoted their general managers themselves and they're they're Balinese doing that and I think one of the things when we go work in these places as an expat we're there as a, a teacher we go out there to sort of prepare the locals to do our jobs and yeah. if we do it well enough then you're going to lose your job because some local's going to take over and uh, and that has happened in 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 our company uh, a lot um, and it's really rewarding to see the uh, the local workforce develop, uh, transfer into into different uh, hotels that we have around the world. We've got 128 hotels, uh, and it's a very, you know, very um, enriching experience. And when I started with Four Seasons, we had uh, 38 hotels in 18 countries, and now we're at 128 in 48 countries. Right. Um, yeah. It has grown quite dynamically, but. Uh, Obviously, not like the the Intercons, the the, the Marriotts. You know, with their five six thousand hotels, we've got one brand. We've got one one brand, and that is Four Seasons. And uh, I don't think you'll ever see us changing that. You know, we're the largest luxury hotel company in the world, and yeah. uh, it's it's a it's a fabulous company. Well, I think you were one of the chosen few really that that came in through the back door as it were because one of the things that having been in recruitment now for 17 18 years myself is that one we never see cvs of people who work at four seasons and two uh, we don't get opportunities really in the in the main to to work with you because you're it seems that whatever you're doing you've got this sort of propensity to uh, develop and promote from within and you know actually as a recruiter i love to hear that I, th- I think it's it's uh something that you're clearly doing well yeah i know it's uh it de- definitely is and uh, i think at one stage i remember someone did a, did a, a survey and uh of all the general managers in the company and the average tenure within the company was 17 years and i don't right. think there's any other company in the world that can boast that yeah no absolutely uh, well yeah. you i mean you're above average then aren't you really so definitely uh, <laughs> So, so yeah, no, Bali was fun. Um, we opened a second property there called Cyan. And while I was there, the uh, in Indonesia, the uh, president Suharto of Indonesia, he was he was toppled. So that was uh, <laughs> another one. Another one. Another one off. Yeah, I was like Andrew's coming. Let's uh, let's get a new leader in. So uh, yeah, that that was uh, that was an interesting experience. I mean, that even went to the lengths of. Uh, evacuating all the uh, the families to Hong Kong, so uh, that sort of shows the the way the company uh, you know cared for their for their employees, and uh, there was a definite uh, uh, sensibility on that perspective. Yeah, and and I gained a daughter over there. We had a, a daughter who was born um, in Singapore, and uh, she she became one of those nomads as well. And right. So she she travelled around the world with us, and uh, yeah. So I moved from. Bali to Kuala Lumpur. That was a Regent Hotel, which we we taken the the uh, company over in the uh, in the early nineties and uh, gave us a lot of Asian exposure, uh, which we didn't have as a company. 
Um, and then these hotels normally rebranded into a Four Seasons. So I was there two and a half years. Um, and that was during the Asian economic downturn uh, in, the, in the sort of late 90s. Um, so it was quite a, quite a, uh, a challenging time. But uh, again, you, you, in, a, in a country like Malaysia, got a lot of, a lot of links to the UK. Uh, and it was great exploring that place as well. And I think one of the, one of the nice things about going to these different countries, I've worked in 10 countries so far, uh, is that you, you go to that country for a period of time. You try and learn the language. Uh, well, I do. You eat the food. You learn about the culture, the religion. Uh, you get to travel around that co- country. So you really get to know it in depth, yeah. uh, which, is, which is very special. And then you pack your bags, pack your containers, and go off to the next one. So you can oust into the, uh, the next country. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, the next time was, was America. I went to, went to Florida, uh, to Palm Beach. And that that's a, that was a, an interesting uh, inception into into America. And there was a lot of very very nice houses, beautiful weather, lovely beaches. If you liked uh, if you like fishing or golf, you were, you were in there. That's uh, that was a place. Yeah. So I'd been there a f- few months, and then nine uh, eleven happened. Ah. So uh, it was are a you, bit of a concerning time. Are you a, a general manager at this point? No, I was I was still number two. Still number two. Uh, yeah. Um, and uh, so that was because at the time the the company said that you know it's important for for our budding number twos to go and uh, experience the uh, the states. So I experienced the states. Um, was there two and a half years, and then went across to California. And uh, we had a the property in near Carlsbad called Aviara. And after. I think it was eleven months. They asked me if I wanted to be a be a general manager in Thailand, right? In Chiang Mai, in Chiang Mai. and so that was a very quick uh, quick answer. I said yes, absolutely. And they said, "Do you want to check with your wife?" I said, "No, no, no problem. She she'll be fine with that." Right. And, well, uh, you clearly uh, by this point, having met each other back in France, yeah. Um, yeah, so they're clearly you're quite comfortable with uh, with moving around and kind of getting a sense of the world. And I suppose, with as you kind of alluded to already, with each place you go to, you pick up something new, right? You pick whether yeah. that that is cultural, food related, anything. You're, it's just broadening your your knowledge of hospitality, but also the world. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's great seeing the. Uh, uh, the experience of being in Florida and being in California, two of the sort of the sunshine states, uh, and actually did a I did a month uh, up in in Washington as well, which was great seeing that capital. That was a that was quite a quite a quite a place. Hmm. And uh, yeah, go, going across to to California was uh, you know Mexico. Go to went to uh, the the Grand Canyon, which was uh, that was always on my uh, one of my list to do, and uh, so that was a, that was a a very interesting uh, experience, but I say I wasn't too. I managed to find Mammoth Ski Resort twice, which is an amazing place in the Sierra Nevada, um, and the Rockies there. So that was that was fabulous. And then um, so I went over to Chiang Mai. My daughter at this stage, she had within twelve months, she'd been in the school in Florida, California, and then Chiang Mai in Thailand. Goodness, you know it's. Uh, her, her American accent sort of went very quickly. She had a, 
a Hong Kong teacher who was had a very strong British accent, and within about two months she she had no trace of, of an American accent, which was quite interesting. Right. So uh, anyway, Chiang Mai was a uh, great, beautiful location, and that is, is the garden city of uh, of the north of north of Thailand. Um, and we had a, an interesting project that uh, our owner had. He wanted to build a tented camp. So the first weekend I was there, he, he called me up and said, uh, Andrew, I want you to, get, to go and try our tented camp. I said, well, it's not built yet, is it? Uh, he said, no, 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 we've got a tent. So I, I get in the car. Three hours later, I get out, meet a, a guard with his Alsatian dog and a gun. And I said, okay, fine. We walk through the jungle. And it's pitch black, and this tent appears, and it says, um, "This is for you." So I, I, I go inside the tent, and there's a there's a there's a bed in there, a Four Seasons bed. I thought that's okay, and uh, and, and and our uh, our sheets were set up, and there was a, a sort of outdoor semi outdoor shower, a nice balcony, but I could see nothing. I said, "Where are you going?" Um, because this was in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. And uh, they were obviously the sort of noises you expect to get in the, in the middle of a jungle. And uh, he said, uh, oh, I'm outside here. And he got a fire and he was spending the night outside. Okay, fine. So uh, I go to sleep and you know, there's plenty of noises in the night. And wake up in the morning or well, the sun wakes me up and I go on this balcony and the most amazing view over into Burma, where I'd been on my trip back in the, the late 80s. And uh, it was it was stunning. The river in front of us. It's just a, uh, about to go into the Mekong River, which is a, is a humongous river, and we're in the middle of this massive bamboo jungle. And that was the the number one tent, and it still exists at the tented camp. We opened uh, with 15, 15 tents in back in uh, two thousand and seven, January two thousand and seven. Yeah, when you say tent. The uh, yeah, well, conjuring up a. It's maybe... what they call camping nowadays. Yeah, but there's a guy called Bill Bensley had done the uh, done the design of these. He's a, a Bangkok-based uh, interior designer, landscaper, architect, amazing character, uh, and he's done quite a few of our properties, Koh Samui and Chiang Mai, uh, and he's just uh, he's just out there when he comes to to think about you know what 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 concepts to do and this this property we had. 15 tents strung along a kilometre, separated by a, a, a suspension bridge uh, and terminating in the Burma Bar. So you, you, the experience when the guests came along, they would congregate in the Burma Bar at the end at sunset, watch the sun go down over Burma, and then walk the kilometre back the other end to, uh, to go and have dinner. And there right. was a sort of communal table, and uh, uh, we had eight elephants, You'd go to sleep at night and you hear the elephants eating away at the trees. These things eat a hell of a lot of food. Mm. Uh, we had a spa set up in the jungle on a very steep slope with just a roof and and uh, an open open side onto the jungle. No one could look in. Yeah. So we'd we'd teach uh, guests how to uh, ride elephants as, as a mahout. They'd have spa treatments. They'd go on trips down the Mekong River. And this hotel won Condé Nast Traveler's Best Hotel and Resort in the World, not one time, but three times successive years. Wow. Right. And it's, it's still up and right. Something right then. Amazing experience. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. 
Sorry to interrupt, but a quick word to give special mention to our sponsor, Rotacloud, without whom this podcast wouldn't even be possible. With thousands of customers worldwide, Rotacloud is already saving businesses like yours hundreds of hours of staffing-related admin every year. It's been described by its users as everything from a lifesaver to an absolute no-brainer, with one customer even saying that they'd rather stick forks in their eyes than go back to doing their rotas the old-fashioned way. If you're ready to take the pain out of people management, I highly recommend heading over to rotacloud.com forward slash fill to sign up for your free 30-day trial and see how Rotacloud can benefit your business. Now let's get back to it. I forgot to mention we had we had this tsunami while I was in uh, in Thailand. All oh, right, yeah. So what? This I can tell you about that one. Yeah, well, there's kind of um, I suppose this is a, an indication of these kind of these world events because okay, yes, they felt that horribly locally, mm. but they, they have ripple effects throughout oh. the the rest of the world, don't they? And you yeah. know, your kind of your life becomes this series of external events that that happen and and how do you, how you get through it it was interesting you know the the uh this happened around christmas i think it was uh, christmas eve if i remember right yeah it really it really was a, a a very very relative um happening that sort of affected everyone because it happened down on the coast and i ironically i got quite a lot of um emails uh, from people and calls saying, "Are you okay?" Well, you know, Chiang Mai was about an hour and a half flight up to the north. There's no 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 sea anywhere near us. Yeah, which also shows how people are good at geography as well. Yeah, yeah. But we we had had that week. It's, it's pretty frantic. With uh, prior to, prior to this happening, people wanted to go down to Phuket. Phuket was the place to go to. I remember one one family and uh, from from North America. They uh, they came over and. Uh, they wanted to go to a certain certain resort. You know, we we, we sort of um, said, look, you know, it's it, it's the it's the peak season. You you're you're going to have a problem problem getting there. And they wanted to go and stay at the Chedi in Phuket, and so I said, okay, we called them, and they said, well, all all they've got is a uh, they don't have anything on the beach, and these guys wanted to be on the beach. They said they don't have it on the beach. They got something on the hill. They got a villa on the hill, and the guy was really upset that we couldn't make it happen so okay we didn't make it happen yeah he goes off unfortunately the uh the villas on the beach got got hit big time by the uh tsunami yeah we we had guests as well who uh i know didn't make it and uh it was just a really it, it definitely sort of put a made a numb numb effect on the on the whole festive season that year but uh a tragedy and uh yeah one that's uh, things have things have happened a lot in these sort of locations with uh, early warning systems for tsunamis should have been in place at, at the time and uh, weren't mm. and it's, it was very interesting that nature I had friends of mine who were diving in that area a week prior and they said they saw, saw the most weird things underwater with uh, fish that would normally be a different uh, they'd be way way down they were higher up and uh, all sorts of things that were just not normal. The elephants around the place, they were disgruntled. And, uh, no, it was, it, nature was, uh, nature had a, a handle on this way before humans did. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah. So it, that brought, it brought a lot of things home to you when you, when, when you experience something like that. And, For uh, sure. Yeah. Well, that, that, you know, I, it, it's the major lesson is to stay humble, isn't it? Because I, you, you know, you, sure. you just never know when there's something could come along that, that can, you know, rip the, the, rip the carpet from under your feet. 
Yeah, and life in that part of the world has it's, it's, has a certain different meaning, and their their whole is part of their cycle. They they sort of we we treat it in a very different way. I think they they have a very uh, pragmatic way of dealing with uh, with death and uh, it being a cycle of life. And, right. Yeah, especially I noticed that in Bali. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Okay, so um, we'll move on from that. <laughs> yeah, uh, what happened next? So, uh, can you play golf? And I said, well, I've done, I've done on the odd occasion, but it's not a, not a, a passion of mine. Um, wasn't. And uh, so this time, Mauritius. They wanted to open a hotel in Mauritius. Ah, oh, God. So, well, why not, yeah. And I knew where that was roughly, but uh, I'd never, never been there. So I go for an interview and everything seems to work out well. And I started there in August of uh, 2007. Okay. Uh, I arrived there, first employee. Um, we eventually had about 600 employees, but there was, there was well over 1,000 uh, workers on the site. And it's a stunning location, a 212-hectare site called Anahita um, that they also had this, uh, this element of the residential, which is uh, very, becoming more and more important in, in our company. So we, we had 90, 90 pool villas and hundred sorry and 42 uh, two three and five bedroom residences which were right. for sale right and a fabulous uh, spa over water uh, and this with with a backdrop of some very impressive mountains in uh, in Mauritius and Mauritius is predominantly about banking hospitality and sugar yes it's they've got huge sugar plantations um, I was and, just there in uh, September last year. Okay, yeah. Yeah, and uh, I brought back some uh, of their uh, sugar-based products. Products, of products, yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's spelled R-H-U-M, isn't it? That's right, yeah, indeed. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, uh, oh, no, this, it's a very good one as well. But, uh, no, that, that, was, that had a, a very, uh, very interesting history. They, they, they're, trying to, they're trying to, you know, go forward. They're, they're making their, the whole sugar process more... Um, uh, you know, more more slick and uh, efficient, and mm. uh, and they're diversifying now and uh, making residences uh, on the island. And uh, there's a lot of people from South Africa, for example, uh, relocating there. And uh, um, so that was that was quite something. I mean, the, the the island itself, when we got there, had the odd, odd flight from uh, you know British Airways, Air Mauritius, Air France. And when I left, they were they were doing two they, they got emirates over there and uh, that was quite a and i and i believe now they've got a, a couple of a380 airbuses flying there a day yeah well i was on one of them for for my trip first my first ever experience on one of them what an aircraft that is yeah they're quite interesting aren't they yeah absolutely but yeah so that, what i love about your career so far up to this point we've not even finished yet is the fact that there's yes of course there's obvious diversity in your career in terms of the places that you've worked but actually there's diversity in the type of place that you've worked as well the hotels have all kind of been a little bit unique and of course you're going to get some uniqueness through the location but actually Mm. there's also individuality from place to place yeah no no for sure for sure um and that's very very true very very true i mean so the next place was I think they 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 felt I'd had too much sunshine and, and fresh air, so 
They come to you, always come to you with a question, Andrew. Uh, do, you, do you like food? Yeah, well, this, this was uh, this was different this time. They uh, they wanted me to go to Bombay. Okay. To to Mumbai, and well, that, um, that's almost like a closing of the travel loop. Look, yeah, I mean, I've been there twenty seven years before, and uh, so th this was funny. They, you know, said, uh, oh, "How about uh, Bombay for you?" And I go, Whoop, "Okay, interesting." And I knew my wife and daughter love India. I think they in a, in, a, in another life they were Indian. So I sort of ummed and ahed, and knowing knowing very well that they'd be fine there. So at the end of the day, sort of, you know, the old phrase, "Happy wife, happy life," and. Uh, <laughs> Well, I, 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 I know that uh, I, I liked India as well. It's, uh, it's fun. But I, 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 didn't, I didn't get back straight away, and they were getting very desperate about this. Going, what about it? What about it? And I said, okay, no problem. And so I started there, and uh, I was there, ended up being uh, four and a half years. And uh, probably the toughest job I've had. Okay. Well, why, yeah. why was that? Sometimes your your day would be like being on, I haven't been there, but I imagine what that's like on the Starship Galactica, and you've got everything coming at you from different directions, right? Um, and every everything and anything happens in Bombay. It's just a crazy uh, scenario: traffic jams, the weather. Then you have power failures. You have uh, right. politics. You name it, it it's there. Yeah. Um, but it was it was a very that was a very very enriching experience. I mean, the country is stunning. I mean, color like you can't believe. Um, the traditions, the the history, uh, traveling out there is 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 you know it's challenging. But uh, if you've got, always got to have a certain mentality to to doing these sort of uh, trips mm. in the, in that part of the world, and we went all over. Um, so that was a, a, another big bonus of being there. The food is great. Um, and the people are really quite something. Uh, I've got uh, people, I've got w one of the guys, he's uh, worked worked with me over there. He's working with me here in uh, Hampshire. Right. And we, we keep in contact with those people very much. Um, and uh, just so happens my daughter's marrying uh, an Indian guy she met at school nine years ago. Right next month so right. uh, so you know there's that sort of element is uh it's 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 there to stay yeah uh, the hospitality uh, family as it were yeah and no, no, it's uh but it, 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 uh, an amazing country yeah it really is and again equally you know at this point in time you're a, a, an experienced gm but the it's still teaching you new things right um oh, yes yeah yeah you can say that again yeah so uh, after after four and a half years, uh, they gave me a, a breath of fresh air again. This time it was Langkawi in in Malaysia. We got a resort there, which is located on the edge of uh, Asia's Southeast Asia's first UNESCO geopark. And uh, I was there for three years. We did a uh, full refurbishment. The hotel got, hotel got so old, still within four seasons, and it was um, yeah a beautiful experience. Really. Uh, impressive location and ironically we had uh, a golf course by a gentleman called Ernie Els that we had in, in Mauritius we had one in uh, in Langkawi which I, I would frequent on occasion right so, so you uh, from that question uh, are you a golf fan back then did you become uh yeah more more than I was before yeah yeah um, but uh, I haven't played golf for probably probably over six months so it's not it's not 
there's other things to do out here. Yeah, and then and where after that? Well, then a call came for uh, a calling to go back back home. So uh, that uh, was an opportunity which I, I thought would be an interesting one, and um, it has been a very interesting one. So I came back and uh, been here well, four and a half years at the moment, and uh, we did a, we've done various uh, refurbishments of the hotel. Obviously went through uh, through lockdown. Um, didn't uh, have to make any of our employees redundant, which was great. Yeah. Um, and spent there was a team of us locked down in the hotel for for all the lockdowns. Uh, we managed to do an enormous amount of work in the in and around the grounds of the hotel that you couldn't normally do when the the property uh, was occupied. And uh, our owners agreed to doing a full rooms refurbishment uh, from the second lockdown through until reopening. Which was phenomenal timing. Good timing, yeah. And we just about got everything there for the for the opening. We we did have some furniture was caught on on that uh, traffic jam in the Suez Canal, but uh, otherwise we we managed to make it. Right. And uh, it's been a very very successful uh, relaunch. Great stuff. So, uh, what do you what tell us about the property? What what do you have in in an, its entirety? Well, we, it's a uh, it's an estate that uh, is 500 acres, uh, dates back to uh, the Doomsday Book, uh, 1086. The manor house was built in 1728, been owned by various uh, members of clergy and also some, some uh, families. I think it ended up um, being sold as part of settlement of a divorce back in the uh, 18th century. Uh, late 18th century, and uh, and then it became a a school. Uh, I think during the war there was uh, Polish and Dutch uh, airmen here. It's been a religious uh, training centre. It's had a, uh, a computer uh, company based here, wow. and then then in 2005 it was opened as a Four Seasons. It's had a hell of a life. Oh, yeah, hell of a life, yeah, yeah. And uh, so we we have a lot of activities. Uh, on property, we've got uh, clay pigeon shooting, trout fishing, great spa. There's an equestrian centre. We do archery. We have uh, falconry, and it's one of those things that when when people come here, um, and especially after the pandemic, the the open spaces uh, and and fresh air was something that really was a huge selling point. Yeah. And we knew that it was going to be very very busy. So we were extremely fortunate, and they walked into a brand new hotel. Yeah, well, I, I, exactly, and um, yeah. So, I, for, for all intents and purposes, you are now you're a resort. We, and uh, people often ask me that that question. And uh, we're a resort. We have deer floating around the uh, the property, the Highland cattle, um, and <laughs> we, we just this week installed for for. Uh, beehives so that's uh, another little angle yeah um just we planted a 200 acre a two sorry 200 tree uh, uh, orchard as well which has got all the uh, all the different fruits even some medieval fruits here as well so it's uh, it's got a lot a uh, lot going for it yeah um, i suppose that's the joy of being in a place like that as well when you've got all that open space you can uh, at, at the the appropriate moment i i guess is start thinking about right well 
what can we do to en- enrich the experience? Exactly, yeah. yeah. And uh, we've got a wall garden, which dates back to the 18th century. But we've got a dovecot that dates back to 1573. And, and that, it's weird. We've got the tallest tree in, in Hampshire. Um, and uh, it's just there's, there's so many different uh, uh, things that are peculiar just to this property. Yeah. Um, and uh, people love to, especially we find the uh, uh, people from the Middle East, the Americans, uh, they love to love to have that uh, connection with it and uh, just be walking around the canal. We've got the Basingstoke Canal, which sort of circuits around the whole of the property. Um, and it, it's just a unique experience. And they can go to little villages that have uh, typical pubs and, uh, and get that element of it as well. Yeah. Um, it's a, it's a it's a lovely lovely neck of the woods here. I'm from Yorkshire, a bit different from the topography, I'd say. But you've got rolling hills here, and uh, the the weather's supposed to be better down here. Yeah, supposed to be. Hinting that maybe at the moment it's not quite living up to expectation. The um, right. summer keeps threatening to happen, doesn't it? And then never yes, quite getting there yet. But um, mm-hmm. all in good time. No, um, no, that's great. One of the things actually that came up from uh, the discussion when we were talking about getting you on on the podcast was one of the subject matters that you could speak to me about, which is one of my favourite subject matters of all. Is that a good setup for you? Yeah. Uh, you're, you're really teasing me here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was uh, fine dining with your dogs? Fine dining with your dogs, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So... Um, I was just going to say, talk to me about that because I have a dog. I love fine dining. Fantastic. Uh, yeah, so uh, you have sparked my interest. You shall have to get down here from Stansted. Now, basic, basically, Don. Four Seasons as a, as a company, we, we, uh, we, we, we love families and we, we love very important members of the families, which are the pets. And we are a pet-friendly company and we get lots of them. And it's a really big point, and we, we we understand that, and we we go out of our way to make the experience with it with their dogs, cats, parrots, you name it. We've had them here, wow. um, and uh, we 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 do menus for the dogs. Uh, God. Oh God, I'm I'm, I'm booking in now. Well, we set over the top, but we got dog menus. We we have set up for them in the in the rooms. Uh, every dog gets that. You get your little bowl with the, the dog's name on it, and uh, um, they can uh, eat in in one of our in the bar. We let the dogs come into the into the restaurant. They don't eat in the bar, but uh, we we let them come into the uh, into that area and outside as well uh, on our terraces. And it's a very important part of the family. And the, the dogs come back, and we we get to know the dogs and. Uh, we, we take the dogs for walks and um, uh, our staff love taking the dogs for walks and uh, they get paid by the hour per dog. So you sometimes you see them with three or four dogs walking around. You know, yeah, that's, yeah. A, that's a great one. Um, yeah. It, yeah. But uh, no, every, everyone really uh, enjoys that. I mean, at festive times, Easter, we, we can have what, 50 dogs in the hotel and, uh, and cats. Right. Uh, and as I said, we did have a parrot once. Very so, good, uh, yeah. Well, but you know, the important part of hospitality—you know—you're welcoming families in, as you say. That the dogs are well, and pets generally are very important members of the family. And exactly. pe- people who don't have pets will listen to me and go, "You're mad. Go and get a pet, yeah. and then you'll see." 
I had a cat that follows around six countries. Um, right. Yeah, fortunately, his his last days were here, unfortunately. But uh, you know, that's it's part of our family, and he, he was he was a very important part when he did these moves around the world. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, good stuff. He, he managed to get out of a plane once on the uh, on the top deck, and uh, <laughs> that was an interesting period. Oh, I wasn't with that. It's my wife and daughter were doing that one. Yeah, that, that's uh, cats on a plane. The uh, yeah. is, that, is that a movie? It should, it's going to be a I movie. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Great. Well, um, from your career so far, mm-hmm. do you do you have any uh, any funny stories you can share with us? Yeah, I mean, most of them I probably can't talk about, but I think one, one of the, the funniest ones was uh, we used to have a sales trips uh, in August that I, I would go on, and they were to Japan. And so we'd have general managers go out on these sales trips, and it was uh, the Japanese like to, to see the, uh, uh, the chiefs of companies coming to see them, and hotels especially. And uh, it was very symbolic. And obviously, Japan is, is an amazing country and uh, uh, one, that, one that I love and been there quite a lot. And we were, at the end of the trip, uh, a few of us decided to go and climb Mount Fuji. And uh, as you do, I'd done it the year before. And this time, a good colleague of mine, another general manager, was coming along as well. So I said, come, come do it with me. We'll, we'll go up there. It's, uh, we start at 10.30 in the evening. We climb up the uh, mountain. It goes up to 3,776 meters. Jeez, yeah. um, and on the way up, you've got vending machines. It's quite unique. I've never seen that before. So you're zigzagging up this volcano, and it's 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 one you've got to be careful with because if you if you go off more when you're coming down, if you go off a route, you can be in a as it spreads out the the the, the volcano spreads out. You can be in a, a very different area to where you started from. Right. So we came up on this thing, and uh, we took a an hour's break towards the top and they have little little guest houses where you can just take an hour's break before sunrise so we we got up to the top for sunrise saw the land of the rising sun and beautiful sunrise and um the the guy i was with he said to me said you know andrew my, my feet are killing me i said they are what's what's up so he took his boots off and there was rather rather blood on his uh, on his feet on his toes so obviously his boots were too too small and I said, we, this could be a bit problematic because you've got to go back down. And I said, uh, I may have a solution for you. I said, uh, going down, it's lava. And you can sort of do these massive space leaps because you, you, you slide down it. But I said, you can't do that. You've got to go down backwards. Um, and if you want, I can hold your hand. Right. So, Because that way he could support himself and, and not fall over. Mm. So... We walked down Mount Fuji backwards. So he, he was backwards. I was forwards holding his hand. God. So we got to know each other pretty well. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, I worked with him in Bali as well. So we, we knew each other from before. But, uh, yeah, that was, a, that was an interesting, uh, rather amusing uh, story that uh, yeah. we had to do. The but joy of travel. The joy of travel. And you get the, uh, the, the classic ones of, of guests in hotels, strange rooms, Go to relieve themselves at night. Open the open the front door to the room, and before they know, it, the door's shut shut behind them, and they've got no clothes on in the corridor. That's yeah. I, mean, I 
that happens in lots of places. I think anyone who's worked in a hotel or re- or bedroom related uh, place will have a story similar to that. Uh, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. I just I worked uh, nights on a cruise ship, and I mean that was almost a nightly occurrence, to be honest. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I've avoided cruise ships, but uh, our company we're starting. We're looking at. We were building uh, luxury yachts at the moment, so yeah. uh, three luxury yachts coming up. Yeah. So that's new new dynamic for us. I mean, your your career to me speaks to one of the main reasons why this is just such a wonderful industry is that it can literally take you anywhere. Look through the the list. I had to write them down as we were going through. London, Switzerland, France, Russia, Bali, Malaysia, USA, Thailand, India, Malaysia again, back to the UK. Um, yep. Did I miss anywhere? Oh, uh, Mauritius. So, yes, yeah. Mauritius, yeah. yeah um, I've worked in 10 countries so far. So, um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I always feel that when, when I go to these countries, I feel like I'm a, I'm a visitor. I'm, I'm a guest in that country. And I think you've got to have this... Humility is very important. You've got you've got to really home in on where you are and respect the people, the the, the culture, their religions for what they are. It's uh, and some people go to these countries, unfortunately, and they sort of read the riot act because they say they got a job to do and whatever. But that is not the way. Mm. It never has been. It shouldn't be. Yeah, uh, and even more so in a, in uh, this day and age we live in. Uh, and I, I think that is something that you have to have and if you don't have that then you a you it's definitely not you need humility in our business anyway but i think even more so when you go and work in these different different uh, locations mm. because i've seen it people can be ejected from countries very quickly absolutely if you, you if you decide that you think you know better yeah um, so it's not it's not worth it no absolutely that that's kind of one of the reasons, I guess. But what what other reasons would you give as to why somebody should come and work in hospitality? Um, I, you know, it's, it's a bit a bit of a cliche sort of uh, meet meet amazing people. I mean, I, I have met some amazing people. Forget the the, the VIP celebrities and whatever, and uh, politicians, you name it. And your wife? And my wife, of course. Yeah. <laughs> uh, thank you for that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, you know, it, it's and I actually met her in Russia, right? Yeah, she was working out there and came out, and that was it. But no, I, I think um, the people you work, get to work with, the network you you have and you create around the world is it's quite something. And uh, you know, virtually wherever you go, you know of someone who's in this city or or this country, and uh, you have reunions with people and. Uh, uh, it's amazing how many people can get together that, that you know from uh, one place or another. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the, not everyone wants to travel like I've done. Uh, it's, it, as I said, it is nomadic. You ask my daughter where she's from. Good luck with the answer on that one. Yeah. Um, because, you know, we, we've, we've been around so many places. And ironically, when she, uh, she graduated from uh, Glasgow School of Art, uh, within a within a day, she got a job offer, and I just come back to the UK. We thought, great, we're going to enjoy her. She goes off to Thailand. And she's right. been in Thailand for the last four and a half years. So, <laughs> so you know, it's uh, it, I, I think it's in the blood. Yeah. And uh, say not everyone wants to do that, 
but if you do do it, it's it's an amazing way of getting to see the world and experience more than you would on a, a two week vacation. Absolutely, and I suppose you know, the, as you quite rightly say, that is not for everyone. Uh, equally, yeah. the the industry can support you if you just want to work in your local for the rest of your life. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah, it's not, uh, not, not everyone wanted to do it. Because otherwise, I'd probably have a problem getting jobs out there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Great stuff. Thank you very much, Andrew. It's a really, really interesting career. And you've been 27 years with Four Seasons? 27 and a half at the moment. We're 28 in September. Wow, 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 wow. Yeah. yeah. And, and you know, the, the, I think that that speaks volumes of, well, you and them. Because, exactly. um, yeah, really. you know, because I, I think as a, as a company, their uh, reputation around the world is exceptional. I think they can clearly support the journeys of people throughout yeah. their career. So you know, and when you, why would you leave? Right? They're they're continually offering you these uh, amazing opportunities. And one man who had a very amazing foresight uh, is Isidore Sharp, our founder and CEO. He was instrumental in this, and uh, he set up a company that's got a you know worldwide reputation, and uh, you know people really aspire to to. You know, to work for for this company and is uh, 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 an amazing guy. Yeah, brilliant. Well, you have to say that, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> I'm only joking, of course. Um, excellent. Well, if people want to get a hold of you to learn more about you or the property or indeed Four Seasons or anything that we've talked about today, what's the the best method for them to do that? Come and visit me in Hampshire, Four Seasons. Well, well, I'm, I'm uh, getting in the car with the dog in a second. <laughs> I'm on LinkedIn and various other things, but uh, yeah, love to love to chat to people. It's uh, a pleasure sharing these sort of experiences and great, great talking to you. Great stuff. Thanks so much, Andrew. Thank you. Take care. Enjoy the day. Cheers. And there we have it. What a fabulous career Andrew has had so far, seeing some amazing places and leading some incredible hotels. We wish him continued success at the Four Seasons in Hampshire. We'll be back as usual at 8pm next Wednesday for another story from hospitality. So until then, thanks so much for listening and we'll see you next week.